Some people are really complaining because Shane Boz is the third player in the Chris Archer deal. Uh, Boz, like I just said, was the number three prospect in the Pirate organization. And a lot of Bucko fans hated to see him go. Hey, you can have a deal where both teams win. To get Archer, one going to be cheap. And I'm never going to complain about this deal, even if Tampa does get the best of it in the long run. Because for a long time, I've complained that the Pirates never think about right now. Well, this time, with this deal, they did. For PR, more than for baseball, but the Pirates did care about right now. The Pirates did what I want them to do, so I can't complain and neither should you. Plus, you got Archer through 2021, and Archer's very affordable if you care about Bob Nutting's money like he's trained you all to do. It does look like the Pirates aren't going to do it this year, though. Lost last night, losing today. Uh, if they lose to Minnesota this afternoon, they'll be 5-8 and eight since those trades. The St. Louis Cardinals have now won seven in a row, and they're just a game out of the wild card. The Cardinals always seem to be run so well, and at some point it's like their professionalism takes over. And you know what they do that the, excuse me, what the Cardinals don't do that the Pirates did this year? The Cardinals never seem to dig themselves too deep a hole. This year I think the Pirates did. Sick again. Brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. If uh, if Glasnow keeps pitching like he is in Tampa, he's pitched very well. 20 strikeouts in 12 innings, just three walks. And walks were always kind of his bugaboo. Will that make you think this is a bad deal? Shane Boz, does that Right now, him going to Tampa, does that make you think it's a bad deal? I don't think so, but I want your reaction. 412-333-9939. I want your reaction also to Jalen Ramsey saying that Big Ben, I think he's decent at best, yada, 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 and then he'll be in the Hall of Fame and all that, unquote. He says, Brown makes Ben. I think it's mostly equal, but slightly vice versa the other way. 412-333-9939. And I know what you're thinking, because I get it all the time on Twitter. Oh, you're just saying that because Ben's white and you're a racist. That's not true. Perhaps Jalen Ramsey's saying that because AB's black and he's a racist. But the reality is that each of us has an opinion based on football and nothing more should be read into it beyond that. I, I got to get this, this wrestling story in because it, it's, it's more of a mainstream type thing instead of, you know, who's going to beat who at SummerSlam. Dave Meltzer, who's been on this show, uh, probably the uh, number one and certainly longest tenured pro wrestling journalist from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter covers mixed martial arts as well, uh, UFC and all that. Well, Dave was doing a podcast and he talked about a, a young lady who wrestles in WWE named Peyton Royce. And she used to be in the feeder promotion called NXT, which is coming to Pittsburgh soon. I'm going to have to 
get tickets for that Ring of Honor as well. Anyway, Meltzer said on a podcast that Peyton Royce was lighter when she worked at NXT and looked better. And, uh, of course, uh, all the women who work for WWE, including uh, my friend Charlotte Flair, uh, Beth Phoenix, now married to, to Edge, Adam Copeland, Fit Finley, who I worked with in WCW, ex-wrestler, one tough son of a bitch, and he trains the women in WWE. You know, so he took that very personally. They're just coming down on Meltzer like crazy, okay? And Meltzer apologized and yada, yada. So I tweeted out, boy, a lot of heat on Meltzer. Wow. Hey, it's still okay to body shame fat people, right? Everyone tweets back, yep, no problem. Not not, not Charlotte and Beth and them, but just like the general public, the hoi polloi. Fat people, man, if you're dishing out abuse without fear of retribution, we are the final frontier. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, later on, we're going to talk about fantasy football. Yesterday was a fantasy football marathon on ESPN, which meant I just didn't watch ESPN. I was trying to think of like different groups throughout history I'd like to see have a fantasy football draft. And I come up with some skit ideas for like various national socialist leaders, but there's just no way to make that funny. Actually, there's a lot of ways to make it funny, but no one would think it's funny. But what if white supremacists had a fantasy football league? That'd be a tough draft. Think about it. 412-333-9939. Oh, my God, this just in. Bob Lee from ESPN, the host of Outside the Lines, is taking a six-month sabbatical from ESPN to, quote, unquote, clear his head. Yeah, you know why? Because everyone else there is, is, is rotten. It sucks. It's gone to hell. And he's the only legitimate journalist left there. Certainly one of. No doubt about that. And by the way, uh, this is Bob's idea. Management uh, granted the request. Let's go to RJ and Glenshaw. RJ, you're on with Double M. Hey, uh, just wanted to touch on what you said earlier about thinking if we lost the Archer deal or not. Um, Seeing as how Pirates pitchers continue to leave here, and show that they really are talented. I, I think someone who doesn't get the finger pointed at them enough is Ray Searich. This pitch-to-contact mentality just does not seem to go well. Well, now, the pitch-to-contact mentality was not dreamed up by Ray Searich. That, that, uh, uh, that was formulated by the data geeks in the Pirate Front Office and, frankly, foisted upon Ray Searich, uh, foisted, jammed down his throat, more like. Now, I don't know if Ray believes in that or not, but that's what the front office wants, the analytics geeks. It's becoming more and more apparent, especially in the wake of this uh, biometrics data to rest the pitchers after Denver, that uh, Clint Hurdle and, by extension, Ray Searage are merely puppets for the data. Yeah, uh, th- that's, a, that's a good point. You know, not thinking that Searage is told he has to coach a certain way, but you, you would think that these data geeks, as you put it, would, would realize that, hey, there is some talent in this in this clubhouse, in this bullpen. Why don't we let them go out there and pitch and you know, not really worried about the data here every now and again. Well, I think we're seeing that play out 
by guys going into business for themselves. Musgrove got there. He won't pitch the contact. And he's convinced Tyon to not pitch the contact. And I don't think Chris Archer's going to come in here and pitch the contact. So I think, well, you say you want a revolution? Well, you know, I think you got it with the Pirate pitching staff. And if it works, no problem. I've always thought a pitcher should be left to his own devices as much as possible because he's going to know what's best for him and what's most comfortable for him. Let's go to uh, Tom in Mount Washington. Tom, you're on with the super genius. Hey, Mark. Big fan, big fan, long-time listener, first-time caller. How exciting. Hey, I just wanted to comment on uh, the Jalen Ramsey comments about Antonio Brown making Ben. I remember a few years ago, and, and I don't remember exactly why, but Landry Jones started the season for a few games, and Antonio Brown... He, he didn't start, but, but Ben got hurt, and Landry Jones had to start a couple games, and Antonio yeah, Brown got the boo-boo face because his numbers were falling. And I, I believe he yelled at Landry Jones at practice or maybe even during a game on the sideline. Yeah, he lost his 5-50 and 50 streak because he wasn't able to uh, keep that up with Landry in there. So, Yeah, and I remember how America wept when, when that totally made up an inconsequential streak was snapped. I literally, I, I literally, after that happened, after Antonio's streak was broken, I could not achieve arousal for two months. Let's go to Randy in Plum Borough. Randy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, how are you? Look, the, the thing I don't understand about the comments that why would you want a fired-up Ben Roethlisberger in a playoff game against you and Give him something to chew on all season. You, you know, bulletin board, board materials made up crap. Uh, why, you think Ben was unmotivated for the Jacksonville playoff game last year? Well, I know that Jacksonville wasn't as motivated until all that went down. Yeah, bro, bro you're, you're, you're letting factors that don't matter seep into your analysis. Motivation, crap like that doesn't matter. You go out there and you play. That. Well, you're wrong. Goodbye. Stuff like that's fiction. Bulletin board material doesn't help. Now, bulletin board material might be a situation, create a situation where if you beat the team that talked nonsense, you could stick it up their butt a little bit more afterward. But uh, as far as it determining winners and losers, I don't think so, Joel. Pirates down 6-4 after 8. If you get swept by the Twins, boy, I think that is all the people need to know. It's over! 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. Is that a compromise, verbally speaking? Verbally speaking. How stupid is that? What other kind of verbally is there besides speaking? The X at 105.9. The Pirates trail 6-4 in the 8th at Minnesota. If they lose, they'll be 61-60. and 60. Uh, Five and a half games out of a wild card. They'd have to jump over Philadelphia, St. Louis, Colorado, the Dodgers, and they'd be tied with San Francisco. Washington just a half game behind the Pirates. Pirates are donezo. They needed to go on a run after they got Archer and Kella. I'm not blaming Archer and Kella, but uh, in terms of the immediacy, I, uh, I think you'd have to say it's disappointing. 
Uh, Jalen Ramsey, we talked about a moment ago, ripped Ben Roethlisberger, said he ain't all that, and then said he'd be in the Hall of Fame in the next breath. Jalen Ramsey talked about Matt Stafford, the Detroit quarterback, and said he's straight. Now, what's he mean when he says he's straight? Does he mean sexually? Or is that just some kind of, I don't know, damning with faint praise uh, when it comes to Matt Stafford as a quarterback? What's he mean when he says he's straight? Anybody know? Then he also said, I don't think he's the best QB out there, but he do what he got to do. And Matt Stafford's wife replied on Instagram and said, could someone tell me why GQ Magazine is interviewing Jalen Ramsey? I understand ESPN, but not GQ. There is nothing GQ about him. Let me tell you something. The right person hit back. She said the right thing. And she landed a clean blow right to Jalen Ramsey's testicles. Whammy! If you want to hurt a big-time athlete, don't talk about how he plays. Make fun of how he dresses. Uh, 412-333-9939, the number to call. We've been talking about uh, ESPN's Fantasy League Marathon yesterday. Uh, Nearly every program was uh, swathed in talk of Fantasy League, and they had the, the big graphic on the side of the screen, at the bottom of the screen with Fantasy League data all day, fantasy football data all day. I couldn't possibly care less. I just wonder uh, what would be a fun fantasy draft to talk about. Like, uh, well, for example, back at 1250, I would do a woman's fantasy football draft every year. I couldn't do it now. If you remember, you know why I couldn't do it now. It was all hot women and fat women and all the predictable jokes. It was a different time, he said, with great gravitas. I'll give you an example. This is me quoting, well, me probably from back when, but I, I forget specifically who said this. A guy named Dave Smith, local sports writer. I lost track of Smitty, but he's a great guy. He used to come in and, and do the draft with me. He was a very funny, witty guy. One time we covered a high school football game together. Him for the... Uh, Whatever those papers were called out in the East Suburbs, the Penn Hills Progress, uh, the Plum Paper, Gateway Publications. And I was covering the Post-Gazette, and he brought a bunch of orange drinks. So he gave me an orange drink. I had another orange drink. I'm trying to write my story. I'm kind of woozy. Turns out he had injected the orange drinks with vodka. I mean, for him, too, he wasn't trying to, you know, ruin my, 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 my story. And in retrospect, I don't know why I didn't keep doing that. But anyway, here's an example for the women's fantasy football draft. Uh, This is one I remember. Somebody drafted Anna Kornikova as a utility player and said, I'd like to try her in all kinds of different positions. Couldn't do that now. Couldn't do that now. 412-333-9939, the number to call up. I, I posted that uh, video of Greta Van Fleet. It, it's not a live performance. It's a music video. It's got crazy stuff, too. Check it out on the Mark Madden page. It has mysterious figures wearing robes, glowing eyes, burning trees, 
shooting stars, an eclipse, and it's set on, on, on various peaks and crags, and one of these crags is encircled by what appears to be one of Saturn's rings. It's very Zeppelin-esque, but don't say the Z word. As Slash said at Rolling Stone, Slash of Guns and Roses, and he obviously thinks highly of Greta Van Fleet because they opened some shows for guns on GNR's European tour. Slash said, quote, it makes me really happy to see it. I wish they didn't sound so much like Led Zeppelin, but still the idea of, of four kids getting on stage and just playing their asses off with just a couple amps in the drum kit and just playing their instruments as opposed to having all this other crap going on, you know, that's really healthy. And I think that's inspiring, unquote. I could not agree more with that. Check out uh, that video on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. And like I said, uh, below the Greta Van Fleet video, I put a video of Jimmy Page climbing the mountain as the hermit of the tarot, and the song remains the same. And there's a certain shared spirit there for better or for worse. Buck goes down to their last two odds at Minnesota. Cervelli just struck out. The strike zone's been all over the place in this game today, too. Uh, Joe West totally mangled. Mangled the strike zone last night. And boy, that pitch, that third strike that Cervelli looked inside, he's hot about it. Why won't they go to the electronic strike zone? I want somebody out there. Tell me one good reason. And I emphasize that I said, good reason. Tell me one good reason why they can't use the electronic strike zone. Because you'd have to fire some up. So what? People get fired all the time. You know how they could fix the problem without the electronic strike zone? Fire all the crappy umps. But the union won't allow that. You know what you've got to do with this umps union? For a while, you're going to have to pay guys to not ump. You're going to have to say, we will honor your contracts. We will honor the union contract, the CBA, but we're using the electronic strike zone, and we only need two of you at every game. I don't know. Would they sue over that? Would they have a case if that happened? I don't know. But this, this like last night, Joe West, that big fat, so yeah, I called him fat. You heard me. Fatter than me, bigger ass, more chins. He's fat. And I can be fat and do this job. i got to think it hinders him in that job. I mean, you just see that guy when he's out in the field trying to, you know, move to, to get to a base or behind home plate. That equipment must feel like it weighs as much as him when he's sweating like I'm sure he is, like I'm sure I do in the same situation. When you watch that game last night and how Joe West mangled the strike zone, you just say, why aren't they using the electronic strike zone? It's so obvious they need to. And I think eventually they will. Let's go to Tom and Cranberry. Tom, you're on with Double M. Good day. Right. Hey, I was uh, talking to my friends, and they we were talking about how we think that uh, Chris Orchard and that whole trade was just to pump the fans up like they did with uh, Burnett. And, uh, well, I think well, no, no. I mean, how can you say the Burnett trade didn't work out? Well, it worked out, but it's still the same old team, you know. It's, no, it's no, actually, when they had A.J. Burnett, they weren't the same old team. And a lot of that was due to A.J. Burnett. Uh, I respect the Archer trade because they were trying to make it better right now. 
I do share your view that it was primarily a PR move. That happened to be a good baseball trade, too. But you've got Archer for a couple more years, and he is a top-of-the-rotation pitcher. Not a number one, and maybe not even a number two, but he's their best starter. Let there be no doubt about that. He's their best starter, although if you want to be cynical, you ask yourself, okay, he's their best starter. Is he better than Garrett Cole? And if he's not, why did they just keep Garrett Cole through his arbitration? Yeah. And then I was wondering, do you have any stats on the attendance from this year to last? Yeah, I, I literally talk about it on almost every show. Sorry. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I, I think it's down 7,000 per game this year. I could check that. How often do you listen, sir? Uh, I like every other day. Pretty much on the way out from work. If it, if now, why why every other day? Why would you not listen every day or once a week? or Every other day seems relatively scattershot. What has to happen for you to listen? Well, I have to get off work at the right time. Where do you work? A uh, high-tech machine in Cranberry. Really? So you operate yeah. high-tech machinery? Yeah. That sounds exciting. How many of your colleagues have been replaced by a machine, and would you be in favor of the electronic strike zone uh, eliminating umpires? Uh, no, no. You wouldn't? Why not? Well, I don't know. Tradition. Wouldn't you rather no. have all the calls be made properly? Uh, I think I think about 95% of them are, though, don't you? Uh, no, I think you're, you're wrong about that, and I really don't want you operating high-tech machinery when I'm in range of getting hurt. Pirates lose. It's all over in Minnesota. Lower the Jolly Rancher. Only one game over 500 now. Who was it that said before the season that win between 76 and 78 games? Why, it was me, the super genius. That's who. Who looks more and more every day with this team? Like he's going to be right again like he always is. Why, that would be me, the super genius. That too. Adunsky just asked about pirate attendance dropping. It was 30,000 per game in uh, 2015, the 98-win the season. It's now down to 18.5. So it's, it's down uh, 12,000 per game since 2015. It's down 5,000 per game from last year. Are the Pirates done? Tell me. You might have just seen the game. Are they done? One game over 500. You know, the record aside, being 5-8 and eight this month aside, they don't look the part anymore. They look dead-assed and lifeless out there. They're not making plays. There's no, I mean, I don't think enthusiasm dictates much, but enthusiasm does dictate focus to some degree. I don't know. And I don't think it's because they got Archer and Kella. Heck no. I just think they're an up-and-down team with very mercurial talents who can't always be bothered to pay attention, even though they're much better when they do. 105.9X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Nice talking to you, Mark. Hey, so be it. Kill time. Hey, Mark, big fan. Hey, super genius. How you doing today? Getting funky like a monkey. The X at 105.9. Bucks lose at Minnesota 6-4, blowing a 4-2 lead. So I guess all the help gained biometrically, pushing the pitchers back a day 
after the Colorado series didn't help. Not just blaming that, not just blaming Clay Holmes, but uh, things have certainly gone to excrement, and uh, for the Pirates, it really does look like it's over. And if it's not now, it will be soon because the Pirates return home to host uh, two very difficult opponents. The Chicago Cubs coming to Pittsburgh for four games. Atlanta comes to Pittsburgh for three games. And then the Pirates play three three-game series on the road after that's at Milwaukee, at St. Louis, and at Atlanta. Yo, 76-78 to 78 wins. Told you. Told you that's how it was going to end up. And that will be how it ends up. 412-333-9939 is the number to call up. Bovada in Las Vegas is released... Uh, odds on winning the NHL MVP in 2018-19. The favorite is Connor McDavid, who did not win last year, but won a couple years ago. He goes off at plus 333, which is like 3.3 to 1. Crosby, plus 650, that's 6.5 to 1. Tavares, Ovechkin, and Matthews all plus 1,000, which is 10 to 1. So, uh, Crosby's still hanging in there in the estimation of the bookmakers, and and I think that's a, about a fair price to put on his chances. They love McDavid now, don't they? Love it. Uh, I already forget who won the MVP last year. I'm having to, having to look it up. Oh, Taylor Hall from New Jersey. Well, that was easily forgotten. And he is nowhere to be seen on this list of favorites. He had a great season last year, but uh, Vegas apparently feels it was a fluke. And so, oh, wait, there he is at 15-1. to 1, Tied with Nathan McKinnon, who very easily could have won it last year. McKinnon, Hall, Kucherov, and Shifley go off at 15-1. to 1. Uh, Taylor Hall's a good player. I think he'll have a lot of trouble reproducing statistically the year he had last season. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Still haven't heard any word out of Steeler HQ about whether Antonio Brown has apologized to Ed Bouchette. That's the guy that most deserves an apology from AB. Uh, AB said some terrible things to him when he confronted Ed while Ed was talking to Marcus Gilbert about Gilbert's newborn child. Uh, I'm not at liberty to say what they were. Uh, yet, but uh, I think AB owes Ed an apology. I think the Steelers owe it to Ed to make sure AB gives him an apology. The children's hospital thing, they can iron out however they want. Uh, AB gave 100 k to children's hospital. I'll be very blunt when I say this. If children's hospital wants to let AB excrete on them a little bit once in a while by showing up four hours late, in exchange for 100k, 100k is a lot of money. That's a pretty big douchebag tax, and if he's willing to pay it, Children's Hospital will and should take it. But the Ed Bouchette thing, Ed's around the Steelers all the time, has been for years, Hall of Fame football writer. He deserves better than he got from AB, and so far better than he's got from the Steelers. And if Antonio Brown doesn't apologize to 
Ed, uh, then the clowns are running the circus, which I think under Tomlin, I think he's the head ringmaster. I, I get involved on Twitter sometimes with Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, who says Tomlin's a great coach, and he points out his record. And if you look at Tomlin's record, he is a great coach. And I can't argue with his record. And I think in some aspects of his job, he does well, like regular season games. But in a pressure game, especially against a team the Steelers should beat, the team comes out woefully underprepared in every which way you can be underprepared time and time again. Look at that Jacksonville game. They were bad on offense, bad on defense, and by the time they got things going, it was too late to really get back in the game. The hole was too deep for the Steelers to dig out of. You don't think that's lack of preparedness? You don't think that reflects Le'Veon Bell skipping the walkthrough and Tomlin not giving him grief for it? You don't think that reflects Tomlin looking ahead to the New England game in the playoffs? A game that you had to go through Jacksonville to get to? You don't think that all added up in negative fashion if you really think that I think you're wrong. I don't think it's the reason they lost. I think it's a reason they lost. I think their lack of focus under Tomlin is noticeable. I know people think that's a myth, and part of me thinks it really is too, but I just don't like the way Mike Tomlin runs his team. I just do not like it. Don't respect it at this point, quite honestly. I don't respect him. 412 His wife, who I'm sure is a very nice lady, She's opening some kind of boutique, and we got a note that, oh, can you do us a favor and have Mike Tomlin's wife on the show to plug her boutique? And I said, pass. I mean, the coach doesn't come on. Why would I want his wife? And the coach is welcome on any time. And it wouldn't go good, but he's welcome on any time. I would love to get some people that won't come on this show and ask them questions they don't want to be asked. And if they start feeding me a line, I'll let them know it's a bunch of crap, as I have done before with guests. One of my favorite interviews, and this goes way back to 1250, so some of you veteran listeners might remember. There used to be a referee in the National Hockey League called Andy Van Hellemond, who was just garbage. And of course, since he was garbage, they made him the head of referees. And the NHL one time was supposed to have a crackdown on hooking and holding, they said they were, but they didn't. And Andy came on the show as the head of referees, and I said, Andy, there's supposed to be a crackdown. He goes, well, if you know what you're watching, there is a crackdown. We're calling it much tighter. I go, I go, okay, back up, back up, back up. I know what I'm watching. I've covered this for however long it was then, 25. I go, you're not calling it like you promised. He goes, well, I don't know how you could say that. I go, because I have eyes, and I know hockey, and you're not calling it like you promised. And, and it just went to crap from there, but it was very entertaining. And you can't let people BS all over your show and expect to have your show taken seriously. I'd love to have Bob Nutting on. I would love to have the Hillbilly Prince on. He won't do it. People always say, well, you know, you're just mad because he won't come on your show. There's a reason guys won't come on my show. Believe me, there's a reason. And it's to protect themselves, not not because they they don't like me, although probably they don't like me, but it's to protect themselves. You think a BS artist like Neil Huntington would want to come on this show? 
No way. He didn't even do his own show. He skipped the Neil Huntington show on the B team because he didn't want to have to explain the pitchers getting pushed back a day and Clay Holmes pitching in Denver. He couldn't say biometric data with a straight face, so he he skipped out on his own show. And that's a coward. That's a coward right there. That guy doesn't need a pouch in his underwear. I can tell you that for sure. That is a coward right there. 412-333-9939. Let's go to John on I-70. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, man, I, I just wanted to say thanks because uh... – before what you just said about Tom, and I was going to call and ask if you thought the uh, local sports uh, um, crews here were, were a little bit too lenient on Tomlin. No, no, no. I, I don't think they're lenient. Uh, I listened to when he was on the B team the other day, and those guys did a good job interviewing him. It's just that he never says anything. And, yeah. and, and but, but Tomlin puts the media, especially locally, between a rock and a hard place mm-hmm. because there's no arguing with his regular season success and he has won a Super Bowl and he's had a limited amount of postseason success. But I just think overall his teams have underachieved badly in the playoffs and I think they've lost a lot of games in the playoffs and in the regular season that they should not have won. That's why I'm saying this week one game at Cleveland, that is a banana peel they could easily slip on. It's the kind of game a Tomlin team loses or at the very least doesn't cover. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's take Mike in North Huntington. Let's get him in real quick. Mike, you're on with Mark. Hey, Double M. Real quick, my point was I'm a referee for two sports: basketball and volleyball. Oh, exciting! Huge, volleyball. How do you referee volleyball? I played it in college. No, but how do you? Does it even need a referee? Eh, it's tough. <laughs> it's not too tough. But my point was I'm a favor of the mechanical strike call because I don't know if these professional referees, but if I blow a call. Six months down the road, it always comes every now and then you think about it. So I prefer knowing, like, So let me see if I have this straight. You will blow a call in a volleyball match and think about it six months down the road. Or any, like, if it's a big match, if it's a championship match for Pennsylvania. You need professional help. Plus, how do you know you made a bad call in volleyball? Do they video every game? Do you review your performance? Volleyball should be call your own files. 412-333-9939. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. We'll talk to Bob McLaughlin next to one zero five nine. Broncos lost to Minnesota today. Uh, they blew a four two lead and lost six four. They were swept in that two game series. Chris Archer pitched. Uh, he went five innings, six hits, four earned runs. That's not real great. No walks and seven strikeouts. Santana and Kellup each allowed one earned run in one inning of relief. Joining me now, brought to you by 84 Lumber, we welcome Bob McLaughlin. Bob, are the Pirates done? Did their playoff hopes die uh, yesterday and today at Minnesota? Well, they're listing heavily to the right. Let's let's just look at a little math right now. They're 61 and 60 right now, right? Right. So if they're trying to get to 88 games, one. I figure 88, 87, 89. Somewhere. 87 got the second wild card in each of the last two years as memory serves. Okay. So 87, I did the math with 88. They've got 41 games left. That means they have to go 27 wins out of those 41 games. So I think they are done. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's. I think so too. To, to win 87 games, they would have to – well, like like you said, win twenty six games and uh, 
Well, I never was too good at math. Uh, 147, carry the... They'd have to go like 26 and 15. Is that right? Close enough. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen to you. No. The, I mean, I don't think they get close to 26 and 15. My God, it is 26 and 15. I it was is, right. Yeah. Yeah. So 27 out of 41, that's 26, 26 out of 41. That's it's 15. They're, they're, they can't be close to that. Look at some of the competition they've got coming up right now. The Cardinals are on fire. They're nine and one in their last 10. The Cubs are the Cubs. They're just going to stay right where they're at. The Brewers are way up there. The Nationals are catching the Pirates right now. You know, um, the Pirates have had two really hot streaks in this season. And other than that, they've been crap. Yeah. Seriously. And, and that's not unusual. That happens to a lot of middle-of-the-road baseball teams. When a team, you know, wins between 76 and, and 86 games, you know, 500-ish, right? Mm-hmm. They don't win one, lose one, win one, <laughs> lose one, win two, lose one, win one, lose two. They go off on streaks in either direction. So the Pirates, uh, having done that, that's not unusual. That actually is a accurate reflection of how it usually plays out. Yeah, I could see maybe a four, maybe a seven-game streak somewhere along the way in these final 41. But they just haven't been consistent enough, Mark, to pull off the numbers that we're talking about to get them to 87 or 88 well, wins. Put it this way. To go 26 and 15 the rest of the way, they're just not good enough to do that. No. They're, they're honestly not good enough to do that. and. Nobody should ever have thought they were. Now, one thing, though, I don't think that them not making it, that doesn't erase that I think that that was a good move for them to get Archer and to get... Uh, um, oh, no, because they have, they have Kella and Archer for the next uh, two years. Right. So, no, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, what's your take on Jalen Ramsey saying, Ben ain't all that, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame? That's... <laughs> I know you don't put much into bulletin board material. I don't put that much into it. But if there's one player I think that may read those type of things and cut that out and maybe stick it somewhere. Oh, I just think Ben's going to say, <laughs> well, to quote Judge Smales and Caddyshack, good Lord, what has this buffoon done now? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't think Ben takes a guy like that seriously. Do you? Sometimes I do. Sometimes, sometimes Ben will take the most innocuous questions seriously, too, and react to it. Um, I know he doesn't like stuff like that, uh, and it may seem stupid because he just went down a list. I I've got pretty much the entire list from the GQ thing for Josh Allen. Oh, he talks like about every quarterback. I I've just got a real quick list. Josh Allen, trash. Joe Flacco, he sucked. Matt Ryan, who? Jimmy Garoppolo, all schemes. Kirk Cousins, a winner. Big Ben, decent at best. And Blake Bortles, uh, playoff Blake is good. I mean, well, he can't bury his own guy, but he kind of damned him with, with, with faint praise. Bob, there are some guys that, that the other athletes and even teammates don't take seriously. Case in point, you know how we're always told that Phil Kessel is so popular to Penguins locker room? Right. I think it's because his teammates see him as kind of a cartoon character. I don't think they take him seriously as a person. I, I really don't. I think so, too. And I think that I think players nowadays with the way social media is and the way the media is, you know that there are some guys out there who just want to get a story. They want to see their name out there. They want to see the quotes. My God, Jalen Ramsey's he's right in that, you know, in that. Um, he's just a goof. I, I don't I don't take anything he says to heart, and I wouldn't if I were any of the quarterbacks mentioned. And uh, Antonio Brown the same way. You don't think his teammates know he's a jerk, but he's a, the best receiver in football, so they tolerate it. And you always – Treat the star in friendly fashion. There's no upside and not. He probably thinks he's popular, and I think he's mostly wrong. Oh, I'm sure that put there's... It, put it this way. I talked to somebody today 
who looked at Antonio's interaction with Ed Bouchette, and he said a Steeler who was present when it happened said Antonio was way out of line. Way heard, out of line. I heard the same thing. I heard that there were people on the periphery, and I heard that some uh, a team member kind of just looked on like he couldn't believe that this this interaction was actually going down. So I think you're right. I think they tolerate him. That's a great word for it because he is a true talent. He is a game changer out there, but you have to get tired of that at some point. Have you ever played fantasy football? No, never was interested in it. Good. Why not? Oh, God. Just, A, you talked about there being no math at the beginning of this segment. (laughs) I go through life hoping that there's no math. Um, the other thing is, I don't want to watch a game. If I'm interested in a game, I want there to be a clear winner. Hold, hold on. Don't, don't spoil uh, the list. Okay. You're on the verge of spoiling the list. Okay, we're way over. we got a break now. You don't ever tell me what to do. <laughs> I was trying to get an easy way out to not spoil the list. we got to take a break now. <laughs> That's Bob McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9.